Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and I love hearing that intro because it's my son. And um, we actually are going to record a new intro to the show, but I'm so glad you're here. I am the founder of Last First Date, and I am a dating coach for women in midlife who want to have healthy, off-the-charts, epic love. We have a fantastic show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with Tanya Adlita about what the twice-divorced wedding planner knows about love and marriage. And by the way, if you're not a woman and if you are not single, you still will get a lot out of Last First Date Radio because actually a lot of my listeners are married or in a relationship and a lot of listeners are men um, because the 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 guests that I have and the advice that we give is applicable to anybody at any stage. Relationship skills are important to have no matter how old you are, no matter how how um, how successful you've been in relationships. And as a dating coach, I love helping women really know their worth. Um, that's the first step in attracting in the right person. And again, that goes for men or women. When you know your value, you know your worth, you attract your highest part, highest level partner, your best partner, your most aligned partner. And I find that uh, people tend to make the same mistakes over and over because we don't see ourselves and so we don't know what we're doing. And um, one of the biggest mistakes, and I, I actually am putting together my communications course to launch it again in a few days, and one of the biggest mistakes in relationships is that we don't talk up, we don't speak our mind, we don't know how, and so we make tons of assumptions about the, what the other person's saying or thinking, and it's so important to learn communication skills. So stay tuned for more information on my course. This is for women only. It's called How to Talk So Men Will Listen and Listen So Men Will Talk, based on the book by Maslish and Faber for how to talk to your children or teenagers so they'll talk because that book was pivotal to my relationship with my kids. Um, it was only in learning how to honor them and see them as, as human beings and not just my charge, you know, the people who should be listening to me no matter what. Um, once I started to really listen more carefully to my children, I became a better parent. So in the same way, when we know how to really hear the other person, it changes our relationships for the better. So if you have found yourself unsuccessful in relationships, I invite you to to get a copy of my free guide where I explain the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around and find lasting love. It is my gift to you. And you can get a copy at lastfirstdate.com. You can sign up on my homepage. And if you are a woman over 40, I also invite you to join my Facebook group. It is called Your Last First Date. And it's for women only. And it's for positive support for people going through dating and relationships. 
we just passed our 300 mark. We're up to about 320 women. And I absolutely love this group. I love the women in it. Um, it's a place to come for positive, positive, positive feedback, not the negative feedback that you get from so many other places. And also to help with the confusion about dating and relationships because it is pretty confusing. You hear a lot of conflicting advice. So this is a place to come to get some some good advice um, and some good tips and good principles on how to have a good relationship. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Audible. If you have ever been too busy to read and like to listen to books, Audible is the place to go. They have over 200,000 different entries of different books. So go to audibletrial.com forward slash last first date and get a copy, free copy of the book of your choice and a free trial of Audible. So again, that URL is audibletrial.com forward slash last first date for a free book, a free audio book, and a free month trial. Now I want to introduce our guest of the day. Her name is Tonya Adlita and she is Tanya Adlita, sorry. She's the owner and creative director of Arabella Events. It's an award-winning wedding planning and custom floral design studio with roots in the Philadelphia area. She is highly sought after and well-loved by her clients and she strives to make a difference by creating moments that are worthy of celebration. She's a creative woman, she's a mother, she's a traveler. And she calls herself a coffee junkie, and her dog is named Macchiato, which is pretty cute. Um, She believes in the power of connection, and she pursues beauty and finds it everywhere. And she speaks to fellow entrepreneurs, creatives, and women about many topics, including entrepreneurship, the power to create, and lessons from the twice-divorced wedding planner, which is what we're going to talk about today. And I want to welcome you to the show, Tanya. Thank you so much, Sandy. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks. So let's first talk about the elephant in the room, which is the fact that you're divorced twice. <laughs> and um, yes. I just want to know, what are your big takeaways from your two divorces? Like, what what are the most important lessons that you learned Oh, goodness. I don't think we have enough time to uh, to go into that one, um, but I will do my best to, to summarize it. I think okay. uh, for the first the first one uh, was my kid's father, and we were together for about seven, seven and a half years. And I think um, like so many young marriages, and especially with young children, I really lost a sense of who I was during the course of that marriage and of that relationship. And with especially, again, that young children (laughs) piece of it, I love my kids dearly, Mm -hmm. but it's incredibly taxing um, when you have, you know, two little ones that are 15 months apart and you're not connecting as husband and wife. And it just really, uh, you know, it's one of the pieces that can really carry a lot of strain uh, and can create chasms that perhaps were only just splits, it really reveals the foundation, uh, I guess, is really what it comes to. And there's some places where some families get much stronger as a result. And then there are others that really, it just, it shows uh, the things that were there that we didn't really want to see. So that was a big part of that. So for me, I think personally, the, the idea of losing who I was, And ironically Mm -hmm. enough, in the second marriage, uh, I was faced with almost the exact uh, 
exact same question, um, but this time I had a very different foundation. And it was very quickly uh, into our relationship that I was able to see that how I was being treated was, was inappropriate. It was not okay with me uh, to be bullied or, you know, that type of a situation. Um, and so because I had changed, because I did the hard work that I needed to do during the course of recovering from the first relationship, I had a stronger foundation. So when it came to the second time around, I was able to say, nope, this is not okay. Uh, and, you know, immediately we got into counseling and all the rest of it. Um, so it's a different, <laughs> different story for a different uh. day. But uh, if, I, if I had to give you a nutshell to summarize both, it would be knowing myself and understanding that perspective to treat others um, with that idea of kindness and respect. That's really become the core value for anything, everything that I do. It's kindness and respect. Hmm. Hmm. It's so interesting though, when, when you know better, you do better. And, um, right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's really kind of what colors the relationships that I help women with in this, at this stage in life, because, They've been hurt. They know what it is to be in a bad relationship. They know what they don't want. Um, I think one of the hardest things is to believe that what they do want exists. So what do you have to Mm. say about that one? (laughs) That is so incredibly accurate. Um, And you would think that as a wedding planner, I would be the one that is full of, uh, you know, stars and rainbows and roses and the whole nine yards. And it's true. I am, I am romantic by nature and I do fundamentally believe in love and in its power. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it's only ever in marriage, uh, which is really surprising to hear me say that out loud. Uh, but I think that it's, it's that idea of there is so much grace and beauty and love and connection that we have with our entire world. Uh, that it's not necessarily dependent just on that one relationship. So am I personally still holding out hope for that? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, do I, am I holding myself in wait for that? No, no, not at all. Uh, Life is meant to be lived and and I'm here to experience all of it. And if there's a great guy, you know, somewhere along the way that's going to finish this process up with me, then, then wonderful. And if not, I'm not going to miss a thing in the minute. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you have to live your life and that's that's one of the core principles in my work is is live your best life, be happy, you know, and um but but also that I think what a lot of women are afraid to admit is that they really do need a man to um to get them to that to that level of intimacy and um you know, your girlfriends can't give you the things that a, that a good relationship with a man can give you. Right, which I think is always so fascinating. It's the idea that the way the way that we really grow in relationships is being in a relationship and it's it's requiring that level of vulnerability and communication to hit this higher plateau of interconnectedness and really self discovery. You know, the idea that your partner becomes a mirror to you and you're working on things in that relationship that you would never be able to ask or to access in any other way. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. it really is a very interesting balance, uh, you know, throughout the whole process. Absolutely, yeah. And that vulnerability that you bring up, which we talk about a lot here at Last First State Radio, is so key to achieving that intimacy. Um, and I was telling you before before we started that I have a client who 
did not make herself vulnerable because she wasn't revealing her true self to her her ex-boyfriend. And when we did the work together, she learned how to be vulnerable, how to express her true emotions, how to how to really ask for what she wanted, which was key in reconnecting them to the point of of probably getting married. Um, and for the first time in her 50s. So, you know, it's it, it was the magic button that she was missing and, and it's not that hard if you know that if you know what you're doing, if you know how, if you get the right training because it is skill-based, um which is why I teach Absolutely. communication skills. Yeah. Um so given your experiences, well, I have one other question about the wedding planning and and looking at couples. Do you ever feel in your gut and you probably do that the relationship is doomed or um you know or that it really feels great like do you get those feelings about people I do um and thankfully I'm I'm incredibly blessed I have some of the most amazing clients uh and to my knowledge I'm only aware of one couple that has not um sustained their relationship that I've worked with over the past few years so not that I can take any credit for their relationship whatsoever um but I'm I'm excited to know that I'm excited to know that for all the other couples that have been able to to make their commitments um, you know really worthy of of the investment of themselves in that. Um, so, do I have a sense of kind of going oh they're going to have problems? Not necessarily, um, but again I think part of that is because of my own selection process. Um, a lot of times mm. people think that they are hiring me, um, but I'm hiring them just as much. And if I feel mm-hmm. like there is a drain or a lack of respect that they have for each other, um, then I'm, I'm very quick to identify, maybe not identify that to them specifically, but to be able to say, you know, I don't think we're going to be a very good fit for each other because as a wedding planner, as a creative director, I am investing so much of myself, of my time, my energy, my creativity into them and their relationship and their wedding that if there is a mismatch in energy and respect in beliefs, um, then it's just not a good investment for me to make, um, you know, even, even though they're the ones hiring me, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely hear you, and I think you do have to work with the people who are more aligned with you. So I love that you have that selection process, so you know that you're going to work with the people who want to be with you, who are going to be a good fit. And it's the same thing with partnership, with looking for an partner. Absolutely. So let's, let's segue into that because I think you do you do want to be as consistent as possible um, you know I do think there's a lot of parallels between entrepreneurship and marketing and dating and you know we look for the ideal client we look for the ideal partner you set boundaries with clients you set boundaries with partners um, it's you know hopefully that you're you're aligned with all these things in your life Right. So let's talk about um, what are the most important qualities to look for in a partner, because I think a lot of people look for the wrong things. So what do you feel are the most important things that we should look for? I think that's a great question. And it probably changes, you know, a bit from person to person, just based on on their own perspective and their own life experience. Um, For me personally, the things that I would identify both of what I see in couples that I work with that just have a really strong connection and what I'm looking for in them as clients and then my own friends and, you know, my own life partners of sort uh, that are kind of in my world. Um, Again, going back to that idea of the kindness and respect, that is my absolute foundation. There is 
nothing <laughs> that is a minimum, uh, you know, below that at the very minimum, it has to be kindness and respect. And what I found to be very interesting is that this shows up in so many different ways because it's about treating any human with the same level of kindness and respect as you would for someone that you perceive to be of higher value. So how does your boyfriend treat the waitress? How does, um, you know, how does your girlfriend uh, handle the valet? You know, like just little things Mm -hmm. like that um, I find can be so telling in how they will treat you at varying points um, or how they'll treat your family or your children. Uh, So just, you know, those little cues I think are really important. Uh, And for me personally, I'd say the next level, uh, you know, of of, uh, qualities that I'm looking for um, both in relationship, but then also um, just again, that kind of that ideal is a sense of adventure and a sense of curiosity. Um, Because as I mentioned before, I mean, there is so much life to be lived. And I feel that to be restrictive and to be um, hidden away out of fear that you might get hurt, there is a a huge amount that you are losing by not being able to experience that. So it's kind of that balance of vulnerability and curiosity that can open up your mind and open up your perspective to a completely new world. And it can expose you to so many amazing things that can be incredibly fulfilling for you as well. Mm. Yes. (laughs) I'm smiling over here. So (laughs) kindness and respect. Absolutely. And what's really interesting is I once dated somebody who he had a lot of anger, Um, not at me, but at other people. And I noticed it pretty early on. He was very reactive to somebody at work, and he was he was he felt entitled to kind of stick it to him, you know, that mm. like he deserved it, and ugh, right and that guy and the way he treated me, and I got back to him, and boy, like I felt that in my gut, like ick, and and I said something to him, and I said, you know, I'm really not comfortable with what you just told me. And um, that there are better ways to deal with people that's not respectful. And and I understand that you're angry, but, you know, anyway, I, I talked to him about it. And he said, well, I would never treat you that way. <laughs> and I was like, well, he, Famous didn't. Last he didn't treat me that way. <laughs> well, he didn't. That wasn't my big issue. Um, I have a feeling that given enough time, he would have. And um and it wasn't, you know, and it sort of it reflects out into other parts of, of who you are. On the other hand, he did treat the valet and the waiter and the and the even the toll booth collector, the toll collector, which now I don't think we even have many of those left. But um, <laughs> he he knew the names of the toll collector because he hmm. would he would go to the same through the same toll every day. He would be <laughs> in the same garage. He knew the garage guys family life i mean he so he was a really kind person in many ways but this was a sticking point he grew up in a very angry family uh, with a lot of heated volatility and mm. you know it 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 leaks out it does it's it just, does yeah it's true so how, and i think even that idea of the the adventure and the curiosity i the one of the ways i see that play out even when it comes to things within wedding planning i mean there is never a wedding that goes 100% to plan it's just not possible there's nothing <laughs> that ever could go mm-hmm. a full 100% according to plan so you have to have a certain amount of adaptability um, and of course as a planner my job is to make sure that i fix the problems before the clients ever know that they happen but i guarantee you there's problems 
So when it comes to something that I actually need to bring to their attention, how are they going to handle the change together? Are they going to accept it with some grace and some curiosity of like, okay, well, let's see how this plays out. Or are we going to have a complete meltdown because, you know, the, the roses are four different shades than originally intended, you know, that type of Mm -hmm. a thing is they may seem like very minor deals, but to some people they are incredibly important. So being able to honor those differences in perspective, but also at the same time, you know, remain, keep enough distance to have a basic perspective of like, okay, at the end of the day, you're still marrying the right guy. (laughs) That's the most important part. Yeah, if you don't kill them before the wedding, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and people do get crazy over wedding planning. I mean, it's it's um, I, I you know I've, I I train my children to deal with crisis because to me the best thing you can ever do is to know how to deal when things don't go your way, and you know I'm not there to rescue them. I'm there to help them have the skills to deal when things don't go their way. And I I remember telling my daughter recently because she was freaking out about something at college and, you know, there's so much drama. She's in a a sorority and she's got a boyfriend, you know, stuff comes up. And so (laughs) I just basically, you know, I said, look, it's, you got to be able to sit down and, and really parse out what happened and what are your feelings around it? Because things will, you know, guaranteed, things will not go your way a lot in life. That is a guarantee. And the better you are able to cope with it, right. So, you know, it's in a way it's a really good good life plan is to go through wedding planning and survive it and still be smiling at your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) um, So how do you discover if somebody has the core values that you're seeking? What are, you know, you talked about the waiter and the waitress and the, you know, the things like that. What are other ways to discover if the person is a good match in terms of core values? Well, um, in terms of from a client perspective, I, I love to hear people's stories. So I'm one, um, and I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I can see ways that this transfers over personally as well. I'm, I'm a huge uh, person of story. I feel like things have stories. I, I love going to, you know, antique stores and flea markets and that type of thing. Cause I, I'm always so curious about the stories of things that, that get passed down or whatnot. Um, and actually the name of my company, Arabella events, it's named after my grandmother's great grandmother because I'm the genealogy nerd in the family. And I received a stack of documents, you know, land receipts and all sorts of odds and ends. And there was this love letter that was written to Arabella in 1812 And I don't know who wrote it. I don't know who the guy is. Can't find him in the family tree. But this letter meant enough to Arabella that it got passed down in this in the stack of documentation. So the idea of a legacy of a love story was just something that I completely fell in love with and latched onto. So when I think Mm -hmm. about, you know, the types of qualities that people have, that's the kind of depth and substance that I'm looking for. And it could be something as simple as just, you know, bumping into somebody at a grocery store and just being able to honestly say, how are you? And, you know, just to be able to be open and vulnerable and present in those moments, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. Um, And part of that could be I grew up uh, in a very mobile family. I'm an only child. We moved 16 times before I left the house for college. So I can do Mm. small talk with the best of them. I can remember names like the best of them. No problem. Uh, Part of that is, is very helpful as an adult because I can be so incredibly adaptable. I had to be as a child. 
But what I have found is that I have a very deep sense of craving for substance and relationships that go deep. I, I could go small talk, but it's really just not my thing. Um, I'm much more likely to want to have a deep engagement with somebody. So for me personally and professionally, I'm looking for that level, that willingness um, to be able to, to really be in their world and vice versa. Hmm. You just said a whole lot there. <laughs> I've seen so many times, and I'm like totally can relate. I I moved a ton of times in my life too, and I love deep relationships. And you know, it's it's hard for a lot of people to date actually because it feels like so much small talk. And yes, what you said about story is so important. And in fact, when I write a client's profile, we write little stories about their lives. It's not, I'm athletic. I'm you know, I'm creative. I'm because none of those things mean anything without context. And so when right. you say, you know, when I love to paint um, portraits of pets, and you know, and I love it because this is what it does for me. You know, it's like saying a little, sharing a part of you. It's the same with emails. You know, when when people exchange emails in online dating, they often just talk about themselves. They just go, "Hi, I liked your profile." check out mine and here's here's a lot about me <laughs> right and they never connect with you they don't connect to the heart of who you are and so that's that's missing so much today with texting and all the short communication we have we forget to really connect deeply and it's it's such a wonderful thing to do that um because we really get to know each other and that's that's pretty exquisite when we do absolutely huh. so we're getting close to time, and I really just kind of want to talk about one other topic, which is um, the connection between creativity and dating. Um, so if you could share with us, what do they have in common? I'd love to. Creativity is one of my favorite topics because um, I can see it apply in so many different aspects. And it's something that I've been working on um, quite a bit on the, the professional side and the speaking side as I've been writing few, some different things with my own adventures in entrepreneurship and how to make this uh, pathway a little bit easier for those that are following behind us. So as I was working on this idea, I um, came up with just a little acronym for CREATE. And the idea that uh, you have six basic key elements that help become or help you to become more creative in your everyday life. So starting off with C is a curiosity and just being able to approach the world with a certain amount of curiosity of, okay, what's going to happen today? Or, you know, what, what do I not know about you? Tell me a little bit more, you know, just that kind of approach to life. And then are um, being the risk-taking, the idea that you, you really could not um, have a le- life that is full of creation, of creating something new, if you're unwilling to take any risks, if you're unwilling to try anything to, um, to step out of yourself. E stands for engagement. And in that, I'm thinking really this idea of vulnerability, of being open to the people that are in your world and engaging in an honest, open communication style with them. A, again, my ever-beloved adaptability, <laughs> be able to mm-hmm. walk into a situation and, you know, not necessarily be so tied to the outcome that you lose the experience in and of itself. And T is our trust and the idea that it's not just about trusting the other people that are involved in the situation. It's also about trusting yourself. 
It's about trusting the universe to provide for you. And again, just that, that element of trust in really tying into this last piece, which is E for energy. Uh, and I have found that everything that I do comes back to this energetic level. And it's what are, what are you believing about yourself? What do you believe about the world around you? What kind of energy are you showing up with in the world? Because when you're able to walk in with a sense of being grounded and of trusting that you are well and you are safe, um, and maybe if you're not to acknowledge that and then to work towards it, when you're able to put all of these elements together and build upon that foundation of energy, you know, adding the trust and being adaptable, engaging with the world around you, taking these risks and showing up with curiosity, that combination is so incredibly powerful and it creates, sorry, no pun intended, but it it (laughs) creates an environment where you have no choice but to be creative. Like it, it becomes its own life force in you. Um, so I have just really enjoyed uh, what I've been able to learn here and just the, the stories that I get to hear from people that are starting to put this into practice as well. It's been incredibly fulfilling to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. I, love the, uh, I love this acronym because it really encapsulates um, everything that's important in uh, in in relationships, in healthy, lasting relationships. Um, so that's Absolutely. fantastic. And I'm I'm an artist too, so creativity is a huge part of my life. Um, so it totally resonates. Uh, so Tanya, <laughs> thank you so much for being here today and um, sharing this great stuff here. And tell everybody how they can find you. My pleasure. Thank you again. Uh, well, my name is Tanya Adlita, and you can find me on pretty much any <laughs> of the social media. Arabella Events, A-R-I-B-E-L-L-A, Events with an S, everything from Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Periscope, uh, Facebook is Tanya Adlita, uh, mm-hmm. also Arabella Events, so just about everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Best of luck to you with your work and your love and your life, and um, thank you all for listening in today, and I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. <laughs> 